Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 93 of the Website Coach Podcast. Before I get on to the main part of the episode, I have a favour to ask you. This is episode 93 and we're coming up to episode 100 soon, which I'm going to record in the next couple of weeks. But actually, I'd like your help with this episode because what I want to do is I want to answer your questions. So anything you'd like to know, be that business or personal, please drop me a line at say hello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk. And I've already got a few questions and they're really interesting. So please do let me know if you've got a question that you would like me to answer. Okay, and now on to today's show. So today I'm talking about seven things that don't belong on your website in 2023. Websites have been around over 30 years. And just like hairstyles and fashion, a lot has changed. The early websites were just slabs of text with no or minimal formatting. In those days, we were using dial-up modems. Remember them? And they wouldn't have been able to cope with images or the kind of graphics we like today. Now, the next generation of websites were different, and they were often driven by what could be done rather than what worked for users. Remember flash graphics? I always seemed to have to update it every single time I went onto a website. And page counters too. Although I did see one of those on a website recently. I wish I'd taken a screenshot because I can't remember which one it was now. They definitely belong in a museum. And there are lots of features that have been popular, but they belong in the past because they don't help visitors. And your website should be about your potential clients, not about you. In fact, many of these features might even be annoying them, and you certainly don't want to do that. So this episode is about my list of website features that really should have been killed off with shell suits. And unlike fashion, these should never be revived. So the first one is carousels or sliders. These are often used at the top of a homepage, like an automatic slideshow. And they're still surprisingly popular. They're sometimes used for images, sometimes for logos of clients or press, and sometimes for testimonials. Generally, they're set to move on to the next one after a certain period, usually a few seconds, but sometimes they're set for people to click to move on to the next one. So why do I think they should be killed off? Well, because nobody watches them. No one sits there waiting for them to go on to the next one, like the next episode of Ted Lasso. People are busy. They've got better things to do. They want to find what they need on your website and move on to their next task. If they want to be entertained, they're not going to sit and watch a slider on your website. That's what cat videos on TikTok are for. And that means they only see one or two of the items on your slider. So they might miss the best one. And that would be a tragedy. Sliders also slow down your website because a slider with six images will take a lot longer to load than two. There really is downside to including them. So what should you do instead? Choose the best, whether that's images, logos or testimonials. Show just the best. That way, everybody will see the best. The second is testimonial pages. 
There are two issues with testimonial pages that I have. The first is they don't get viewed very much and certainly not by the people you want to read them. Now, you could call a testimonial page your bragging page instead. It doesn't sound so good, does it? If you go to a testimonials page, you know it's going to be full of positive statements about you or your business. And not many people want to read that unless they already know they're going to work with you and are looking for that final affirmation. And secondly, all the testimonials merge into one after a while. They lose impact. And whilst I recommend you ditch the testimonials page, you definitely shouldn't ditch the testimonials. They're a really powerful tool in showing how you've helped others and in persuading others to become clients. Now, if you go back to episode two, <laughs> it's a long time ago now, um, I talked about the best kind of testimonials. That's an episode called Testimonials That Are Worth the Effort. And it's much better to use testimonials at key places throughout your website, like your services page. And you can choose which ones are shown in each place so they are the most appropriate for that section. That way, they'll really stand out and encourage visitors to take the next logical step in working with you. So the third item that I want to ditch in 2023 is the company news page. Nobody visits your website to find your company news, achievements and updates. It's completely irrelevant to potential clients. Your website is about your clients and how you can help them. It's not about you, remember. Nobody cares if Sarah got promoted. Well, her family might do, but none of your potential clients do. Or you came third in a golf day. Keep your website focused on things that show potential clients you can help them. So instead of cluttering your website with news that doesn't resonate with your audience, consider focusing on content that positions you as an authority in your industry. So have a blog that provides educational articles, practical tips and insights that your clients will find valuable. Share stories and case studies that demonstrate how your products or services have made a positive impact on your clients' lives or businesses. Now, I talked more about blogging in episode 23, why blogging is good for your business. So have a listen to that one if you want to know more. But by keeping your website client-focused, you can really build trust and credibility and establish yourself as a go-to resource in your industry. I'm not saying you should never share anything about your business. Obviously, you can share more things on social media. And if you win awards that do show your expertise, then please add those to your homepage or your about page, or even write a blog post about it. But don't have a news page that is entirely focused on you. Remember, your website is about your clients and how you can help them. It's not about you. The fourth item on my list is text-heavy websites. Because text-heavy websites that are full of information don't get read. It might be fantastic information, and I know you have a lot you want to say, but nobody wants to read reams and reams of text. It's like we're back at school or have a report to read. People are busy. Think about it from the other side. What do potential clients need to know to take that next logical step to working with you? How can you distill the information down so that those who are busy can get that key information? And then use images to break up the text. Use subheadings and bullets, and that means you can make the text look less clunky and more compelling to read. But first, you do still need to reduce it. And you might say, yes, but there are some people that need lots and lots of details. 
use an FAQ section to answer all the questions that somebody might need to know. So we did this recently with a website we built for a wedding venue. The site flows very nicely. We have the key information, like the number of guests that can be accommodated, the type of venue and location, with lots and lots of images in the main part. Then we've got an FAQ page. Now, you can have your FAQ at the bottom of your service page if there are fewer questions, but we haven't had an FAQ page with everything else. So we didn't need to clutter the main page with information about dogs being allowed or the type of decorations and who's responsible for them, fireworks or what happens with cutlery and crockery. Now, those kind of things might be important for some people to know before they would consider a venue, but not for everybody. So by putting them on an FAQ page, People don't need to wade through everything. It really is a win-win. My fifth bugbear is heavy animation. Though when my children were younger and at primary school, the school's website used to start with some theatre curtains opening. It was very, it was very theatrical. <laughs> um, they just, yeah, they just opened like in a theatre. And I guess somebody, probably a web developer looking to show off, thought it would impress potential new parents. And it took a couple of seconds for these curtains to open and the page to load. It used to drive me crazy. All I wanted to know as a parent was what time the netball match started and the location. And every time I had to sit and watch these flipping curtains. Now, most animations don't cause a delay, but they can be a distraction. I've seen bees flying around a screen and that distract, distracts from the rest of the content. I've seen aggressive zooms, flips, etc. And to be honest, they just give me a headache. Now, I love animation on a website. I think some animation can make a website more alive and interesting. And it can look more professional because few DIY websites actually have animation. And it can import, highlight important things like calls to action. I almost always animate calls to action, which makes visitors more likely to act on them. But it does need to be subtle so people don't realise it's happening and it slides under the radar. Number six on my list is embedded PDFs. And this applies to JPEGs and, and other formats, which are basically a combination of image and text. So it might be you've nicely formatted a testimonial in Canva, or maybe it's a recipe or other piece of text. You might even have used it on social media. But please do not add it to your website like that. Why? Well, there are two key reasons. The first is it won't be responsive. And by that, I mean it won't change on different size screens. It will just show larger or smaller, which might mean that it might not be readable on a mobile. The second is it can't be read by Google or other search engines, so it won't help your SEO. You may not care about that. But I've seen many examples of images with text embedded as headings. Google doesn't know that's a heading. It just thinks it's an image. And the other thing is, you really don't need to. You really do not need to embed PDFs or JPEGs, which are a combination of text and images. You can replicate that kind of formatting on your website without resorting to a PDF. And my final one, number seven, is long sales pages. This one is controversial, I know. Many of the big names use long sales pages and they'll teach you to do the same. And I will concede that it depends on your audience and what you're seeking to sell. So I'm not saying they're a complete no-no. But 
they also put a lot of people off. I know when I asked my Instagram followers what they didn't like on websites, long sales pages came top. There was a lot of discussion about them. Most people, certainly those who responded, find them irritating. And I do too, to be honest. Most of those people do the same as I do. They want to know the price first to see whether it's in their budget. So they'll generally scroll all the way down to the bottom to do that. Then they want to see what they're getting. They may read one or two testimonials. But the constant scroll and searching for the parts they're interested in wastes time. And also it means that often we don't read the bits that people want us to read. And if your visitors are busy, let's face it, most are, they may get distracted, annoyed, frustrated, etc. And they're not things that you want to happen. Now, I'm not suggesting you put the price at the top of your sales page. But if your page is relatively short and stays relevant, visitors will look at it in the order you have it on, have on the page. And that order is really important. You can show they need what you offer first. You can show the benefits and the features, why they should choose you, testimonials, and then the investment price. It doesn't need endless scrolling and repetition. So that's it. That's my seven things which actually I don't want to see in websites in 2023. And yes, sometimes I do include them for my clients before you call me a hypocrite. But <laughs> I do always explain to clients why I suggest they don't. But if they insist, then I will include them. Um, and you may have noticed a theme to my list of items. and Or maybe you haven't. Let me explain. So none of the items on my list help your website visitors. And your website is about them. It's not about you. So, lose the sliders or carousels which nobody waits for and slow down your website. Use the best images, press or testimonials instead. Lose the testimonial pages and replace them with testimonials used at key places throughout your website instead. Lose the company news pages and keep your website laser focused on clients and potential clients. Lose large chunks of text. Cut it down, use an FAQ sectional page and split your text up with images, subheadings and bullets. Lose the heavy animation. It's annoying rather than clever. Stick to subtle animation to look professional and highlight calls to action. Lose embedded PDFs which do not resize on different devices and can't be read by search engines like Google. And finally, lose long sales pages unless your ideal client really likes them. So, final question for you. What have I missed? What else would you say should never be on a website? Do let me know. I'm at say hello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk or follow me on Instagram. I'm at beyondthekt. And don't forget, if there is a question you would like to ask me for the 100th episode, please do get in touch. That's it for this week. Have a great week. And I will speak to you all next week when I've got another guest episode for you. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.